Okay, and in this week's podcast, I'm thrilled to introduce Saul Ongoiba, CEO and founder of the Quantum Dough, a spirit and performance optimizer coach who believes that each of us deserves to live our best life. Working with executives, entrepreneurs, athletes, and people aspiring for optimal performance, two guiding life principles that supported him as an Olympic alternate in 2008 are the golden rule and teaching people how to fish so they can feed themselves for a lifetime. As a best-selling author of the book, The Winning Way, co-author with Brian Tracy, Sol has leveraged his backgrounds in science and engineering, high-performance athletic judo and African spiritual heritage to approach human potential in a very systemic and optimal way, giving birth to the quantum dough. Sol holds a master's degree in industrial and systems engineering from San Jose University, and a number of management development programs from Stanford University, Caltech, and UCAL, Berkeley. Sol is also a certified high-performance coach and has been featured on ABC, Fox, CBS, and CW TV channels. Sol's wisdom bite for this episode is, command the change to optimize your performance. Sol, I am so thrilled to have you on the show. This is going to be fantastic, okay? I can, I know, I can already sense the positive you exude on this video. Well, thank you. Thank you, Richard. I'm really honored and grateful to be here with you um, because I really adhere to the mission of, that you have. Oh, thank you so much. So likewise, the feeling is mutual. So did you want to add anything else to the introduction, So. Well, no, I think you really said it well, and this is really my mission. Uh, really, is to help people really, you know, really um, optimize their performance. And most of the time is um, the lack of um, sometimes, you know, direction, information. And um, so really, um, that's what I want to add. And uh, so it really, I love coaching and I do that a lot one-on-one. And um, what I'm excited is I'm also, from the feedback, I have an upcoming product launch online course that's going to be available for everyone that I call Radiant Soul. Right. So it's your quest to spiritual clarity and human excellence. So it's just a small plug on there. But really, I really love people and I really strive one on one like you and I. That's what I strive with. Um, but, you know, um, I just want to make sure that people that would like to reach out to me later on, there is a product for them that will be available. But yeah, but I'm here for you and I'm here for them. Let's get let's go on. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So wonderful. And we will definitely. We'll definitely give a bit of a plug to to the new um, the online course you have um, a bit later on. But thank you for that that introduction. All right, so three segments. So what have you learned? What would you change? And what are you grateful for? And then we'll do a quick round. Um, so let's kick it off. So how would you define high performance? Thank you. So high performance. The way I define high performance is being able to produce at a high level in a very sustained level not not like you know um roller coaster right which is lot peak performance auto performance but how do you sustain a high outcome a high output right at a high level you sustain it while being still fulfilled being happy and that's really the, the challenge that a lot of people have right because you'll always see that something would be missing, right? So that's really not high performance. And the high performance is being able to produce, uh, you know, and really be able to be aligned with all areas of your life. And that's a balance. So that's what really high performance. That's why performance optimization is really what I'm obsessed about. Of course. And, and so this is not just sports athletes. This is 
business, this is everyday life. It, 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 do I have the categories right here? That That's correct. It's that's correct. Right? Yes, it's everybody. Thank you for uh, actually, yeah, you're right. Because actually what you realize is that the key of performance is really an ally. It's about alignment. And, you know, we'll talk about that later on. But you cannot have an optimal output if you don't have an optimal input. And the optimal input, no matter where you are, whether it's in sport, whether you're a business leader, it starts with you. And that alignment is really the key. And that's what where Quantum Do really came about. And it's coming from all those three disciplines that you mentioned. It really is about that. Because that optimization really coming from all those practical, you know, discipline, you know, science and engineering, which is real data, fact, right? Sports, which is really getting things done. And spirituality, which is more about the intrinsic part of all this. And it connects all that. And that's why the quantum do really allow people to move from that, you know, rigid, fixated perspective, right? To a flow, right? You probably heard that term of flow, but really... Yes, so really the quantum do is really optimizing all those and so that you can fire in all cylinders. And that's what really I'm excited about. All right, okay, so let's get it. I'm excited. It might, my heart's uh, pitter-patter right now because this is all this is all stuff that I, I love and I want to learn from you here. So, so okay, so what do high performers do differently than the average performers? And um, yeah, it's it's basically... I've talked, I touched a little bit of space. It's really alignment, Richard. Um, some of them do it, they don't know about it. It's alignment. So alignment is key. And um, so I, what I mean by alignment is really, um, it's a level of consciousness, a way of being. Alignment in, in many ways. Alignment is who they are in alignment into the goal they want to achieve and alignment with the environment, right? So that those three trifecta is really key. And that's what really creates that optimal output, right? And so if any of these are offset, so you will get you will get a result, but that's not optimized. So really the masters, I'm talking about the masters, right? In business, I'm thinking about Steve Jobs, or you you know, you know, you talk about Michael Jordan, right? I'm talking about the masters, right? They perform at that level when they have alignment. And and when whenever they fall out of alignment, they lose that edge they have. And that's why, you know, what I what I do on the 10 is performance edge weekly wisdom. So that's why I'm really obsessed about it. the performance edge is always coming from an alignment. And that's a, that's the job is really to keep that alignment. So when and, and so the real work is to figure out, okay, when am I getting out of alignment and find that alignment again and go back. So that's really what masters do differently than the average performer, because the average performer like I share, you know, they'll go on a yo-yo, right, um, performance, and, you know, it will be on and off. But the masters, they will always come back to alignment. And I'm um, thinking about Kobe Bryant, and if you look at, you know, late Kobe Bryant in his days before, that's, this is things that he talked about, you know, and it, it's really that, that alignment. So, in other words, it's not about only power, power, power. It's, we'll talk about that hopefully at some point, but it's about being able to blend all that. And that's where spirit has to be included because spirit is spirit really drive performance and uh, i can go on but that's really really the main thing if you think about what they do differently and that double click on it and not to spend a lot of time on this but richard this is where you will see a lot of philosophy are really spawning out of that high level that i just shared right you might hear people talk about 
growth mindset and things like that. But what Carol Boyd from Stanford talk about is just really she just label something that people do. I'm sure you're familiar with growth mindset, right? Yes, of course. Right. So it's it, it's 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 really if you think about the growth mindset, it's really a spiritual principle, uh, Richard. Right. What is the spiritual principle behind the growth mindset? Is that we are here to evolve and to grow and to learn about ourselves, and um, that that that's really what is that. So if you understand that, the growth mindset is just a byproduct of that. Am I making sense? You are making a lot of sense as 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 opposed to the fixed mindset. No, I want to mm -hmm. keep going on that point because I think that's a very, that's one of my favorite books of all time. By the way, I think it's just fantastic, and I would. I would have any any person, including youngsters, read that because I think that's life changing. So it is okay. So as we're talking about mindset, because that's a famous book, what kind of mindset do high performers have, and how do we cultivate this mindset? Okay, I'm really glad you talk about it, and this is really where I'm going to nuance and text at the next level, even what Carol do I talked about. Um, because now people talk about you know, for me actually, to be honest, I learned about Carol Dweck book way later you know after being an olympic alternate right <laughs> but those are things that i learned since a young age right i'm 47 now i'm going to be 47 soon but you know in sports you know that's why i was growing up even in martial art right it, that's what i was always taught right you either win or you learn yeah. right and that's why it is even one of my favorite books i teach my kids right it's like you win or you learn right so there is no losing right so as you grew up you know, this this was something that i that for me, that that was in a, a reflex, right? So what that's a lot of things that a lot of players we learn in sport. And so Carol Dweck, you know, talk about the growth mindset. That's basically what she translated and used. But here is what I'm going to take to the next level, and Richard, and that's a spiritual basis I'm talking about. And this is universal regardless where you, you come from. Here is a spiritual principle. The spiritual principle is that our existence is a desire of our essence. I'm not repeating. Our existence is a desire of our spirit, which is our essence. Right? So so if you understand that, what you the next level of understanding is that our, our original intent then is to know ourselves, to know our essence. And here's the thing, here's the beauty, Richard, because the way we learn about ourselves is through experience. <laughs> so right. I hope you can see the high, right. So I hope you can yes. see that that hierarchy. Right? Yes. Yeah. So in, in fact, not to quote him, but you know, this is something we all can learn. Albert Einstein said, "The real, the real, the real source of knowledge is experience." Right. <laughs> so if you think about that, so so when you see all that, all those spiritual principles align, what that means, Richard, is that we are here to evolve and to grow. Yes. So like like a seed, right? Like the like a, the acorn becoming an oak tree, right? So as human beings, so if you understand that spiritual principle, right, the mindset of knowing that okay, I am learning from each experience, is just a byproduct of that spiritual principle. So then, when you do that, you explore life as a journey, as a learning journey, and that's beautiful, Richard. When you reach that level, do you think? Do you think you 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 mentioned some of the sporting greats, and you mentioned. Um... Steve Jobs, who obviously a business icon, do you think in terms of that alignment? Because um, I followed all of all of all the 
the people you just spoke about. I've, I, I've actually followed them and their life stories and everything else. Do you believe mm-hmm. so that um, they had that alignment to spirit and they understood? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you asked because a lot of people don't know about this. Um, in fact, if I think it was 2000, 2005, 2005, 2006, I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. Steve Jobs had a commencement speech in the Stanford yes. campus. Yes. yes. Right. And it's one of a famous, one of his famous speech, right? With 15, yes. eight, 16 minutes. And so he talked about two, three things. And basically, what people didn't know about that, what Steve Jobs gave, he gave basically um, a code to his success. The three is basically what made his success, right? He talks about find what you love. He talks about you know um you know you, you have to die right when you, you right something you die and then you go go on right. But one of the key things that he, that he, you know he talked about how when he had hard time right was you cannot connect the dot right by uh, looking forward right. So think about that principle, just that principle. You cannot connect the dot looking forward. You look at them backward right. That spiritual principle itself, Richard. He's talking about alignment. So if you think about it, he said, I align myself. I realized that what I was learning when I was, when I dropped out of class, right? When I was learning the, the, the calligraph, right? I didn't know then that's going to be helping me when it was time to design the best type of for Apple. But what he did, he aligned, right? He didn't say the experience I had was not helpful. But what he did, he said, okay. What I have with me that I can use to align and make Apple the best product in the world. And just in bracket, to give you a little bracket, what people don't know about Steve Jobs, what he did, he went to India, he spent a lot of time in ashrams and, you know, really did a lot of soul searching. And this is just in bracket, but, right? (laughs) Right, but my point is, right, you don't have to go to India, but, you know, but really the point is I want to make sure that because India is really, is well known for spirituality, that spirituality you find in the event, right? And and I'm so glad you talk about it. This is something that people don't know about. And I'm just going to add something else. Since you got me going, you got me on fire here. <laughs> you know, uh, there is even a video, right? Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, a founder of Facebook, right? Yes. There is a video on YouTube. You can look at it. I can send you a link. And when um, Modi, the, 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 current, um, the current prime minister of um, India went to visit Facebook. You know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg even didn't hide. He said, he said this, he, he shared with Moody in front of the audience, say, when Facebook was in its, you know, toughest time, I went to one of my mentors named Steve Jobs when he was still alive. And I asked Steve Jobs, what do I do with Apple? And Steve Jobs told me, there is this ashram in India you know, when I was when I had a hard time, I didn't know what to do with Apple. I went into, and the rest is history. Mark went and visited that ashram. You know, <laughs> so this is, this is just I'm giving you just some backstory that people don't know about. That just the alignment you're talking about happens at all love. And you know, uh, this is just a business perspective I'm giving you. But you know, it's the same thing in sport and you know in in any areas. So for those masters to reach that optimal performance, that cannot happen if there's no alignment, whether you know it or not happen somewhere or shape or form. I'm sorry, uh, you, you, you get you just you can see just pull me into this. I just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. So like pull you into it. No, that's great. So 
So I'm hearing, certainly in the first part here is, I mean, certainly a growth mindset. Certainly we are made to evolve and evolve is through experience. All right. And I guess action as well. And there's a spiritual alignment to that as well, right? You have to align. Yes. It is one thing, but spirit and being is another thing, right? And once you have all those aligned, you're at the highest level of performance. That's correct. That's triggers everything. Exactly correct. Okay. And you're right. right. With you. Absolutely. Yes. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. You really. I know I'm talking fast, but I'm I'm glad to see that you you <laughs> making sense. No, hundred percent. You are. You absolutely are. So, in terms of high performers, and then we'll move on. So what kind of feedback, because the learning and the experience is, you know, I what I found is, and this is all part of uh, the mindset book as well, when you seek feedback, you want to learn, whether you call it failure or not, right? There are learnings along the way, and you accept Correct. the fact that you want to learn and you want to grow from that feedback. For high performers, what kind of feedback do they seek and how do they use that to improve? Okay, great. I mean... um, this is where um, I'm, I'm really glad you, you talk about that. This is really where um, the, I like to look at it from two perspectives. And this is really important. And I really hope your, your, your listeners are paying attention because um, this is what I'm going to share is very critical because actually out there, right, in the current literature, a lot of things that are out there are teach, teach about the extrinsic extrinsic KPIs, right? Yeah. You know, um, the extrinsic, um, you know, key performance indicator, right? So um, so you have OKRs, right? Objective, or key results, right? So what do I mean by that? If you're in sport, people look at, you know, how many, you know, how many, you know, um, shots you score, right? Or how fast did you learn, right? So these are fine, these are great. Those are outputs you want to measure, okay? And so those are extrinsic measurement. But here is, here is the secret, Richard. The one that maintain the alignment and are consistent, they measure the intrinsic KPIs. And what are those intrinsic KPIs? Is what is my level of energy? What is my level of motivation? What is, how do I feel about this? Am I aligned, right? How, how um, do I have integrity? Those are the key performance indicators that the, the the greatest of the greatest always measure, right? And because you'll see the average performer will bullshit, they'll do things, right? This is just an example. But the greatest, they will always be in alignment. If they messed up, they messed up. So they're gonna own it. That's one thing, for example, right? Ownership, like ownership of your failure will not come if you're not aligned, right? Because you know people will say, oh yeah, this happened, this happened, this. But someone that owns, right? Everything that have integrity, right? Hey, I gave it all. Or, or hey, I just I know yesterday I went clubbing, right? Or two days ago, right? I wasn't my my best today to perform, right? So this is an example, right? Or the CEO will tell you, yeah, yeah, I didn't really spend enough time with a CFO, Richard, right? To look at the the numbers, right? If I really discuss Richard enough, I will have seen that this product wasn't performing enough, right? Or we could, what could I have done in marketing, right? So, so at the end of a quarter, right, the the the, C, the best CEO will look at all these areas, right? So the intrinsic part. Uh, I'm sorry, where is this one? Uh, I got this. Sorry, I got it. Sorry, I had, okay. 
there was a lot of noise. It's better now. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. So, so basically, yes, coming back to that. So, yeah, so those intrinsic KPIs are key. That's a secret, in fact, of uh, the masters, right? You know, I will not delve too much time on the extrinsic because a lot of literature, that's what they talk about. But the best of the best, the masters, what they do, they align those two. And this is where you can see, Richard, really the power of what I mean by the spirituality being aligned. Because if you think about it, when you add intrinsic and extrinsic, it makes you what? Whole. Yep. Yes. So yep. that's that's a holistic part. And that's what that's what that's that's really key. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna get more into that because this is fascinating. I I took notes of okay. what you were saying about uh, you know, um integrity and motivation and stuff. So we're gonna hit on those points because that those really when you talk about high performance. You hear those uh -huh. words often. So I want to dive into that a bit later about uh -huh. how you do that, right? So, okay. All right. Now you talk about the process of performance optimization. So the process. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the process? I know you've you've kind of talked about three drivers as part of your books and some of your, your training materials and coaching materials. But so tell us about the process. Yes, so thank, thank you for asking. So really, one of the key in that process is, is to realize, right? So if you understand that we are here to evolve, Richard, so the, the key is to realize that there are three drivers in our daily lives and um, that we really, we are not aware of, right, about, about. And the three key drivers, when I share them with you, you'll see, yeah, that makes sense. But the key is really to, to really hone into those, right? So the first driver really that it's social performance, right? Social performance is, is what? What do I mean? It's basically, uh, if you were to think about, you know, a normal person, right? Uh, and like you said, you know, a businessman or, you know, someone just having a regular job is what? Is, is especially if you think about the, the paradigm, current Western paradigm is go to school, get a good degree, um, get your A's, um, get a job, get the house, you know, get the partner, get the right, and then you're happy and life will be all fine. But Richard, I'm sure you and I, we know that we have beard, right? <laughs> we have some experience under our belt, right? You know, some of us, right? We realize it's it's not, it's you realize at some point, okay, there are some fine prints, maybe I should find out, right? <laughs> and you know, some you know, you find that out and you realize that okay, maybe this wasn't my story or this is Right, so it's just an example of social conformity that I gave, but you know, it's it's all around us, right? The way we greet people, it's right, it's all that the way we look at people, what, right? So what, what is basically society? That's what the paradigm that's there, right? So and that's really important that you know, it's like, it's like an invisible thing that's here, but we don't see it often, right? That's one driver that's you know really there. The second driver. That's that. That's really, um, really there. Also, I'm I'm going from basically um, um, top to bottom, right? And then the second driver in the middle is self projection. And what is self? What do I mean by self projection? Self projection is basically the image we have ourselves, right? And this is really important because um, there is a great book I recommend um, for people that haven't read it. It's um, um, Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm Maltz, Maxwell Maltz, it's Psycho-Cybernetic. Basically, it's a book that was written in 1950. Have you read that book? I have not read it. I've heard okay. about it. But yes, but, but high level, what that book talks about is really how our self-image really drive everything, 
yeah in a way and basically it's how it's it's a surgeon right a surgeon that did plastic surgery he did on some people and then even though they look different but their behavior didn't change right so self-projection i'm just giving you a high level perspective on that but really there are more there are more levers you can tap into but that that's the idea and what i mean by that is because everything we do also is really the self the self-image um is really driving a lot of things and you know um you know, I'm not just an image, image or say, but there's a lot of you can go into from a consciousness level, right? So that that's that's the second right there on the middle. But now the one on the bottom is resources, right? So obviously, um, you know, resources is you know you gotta get money, right? If you don't have enough and enough energy, you cannot perform, even though you have the best, even though you have the best skills, right? If you're on the court, right? So you gotta manage your your rest. You gotta manage right your what you're eating, right? So this is resources, right? And you know, if you know it's about money or right, so those are resources. So you need to manage those, right? So based on the amount of energy you have, right? You know, you'll know you won't be able to perform at the same level as you are, right? So those are the three key drivers that you know, if you look at it from a pyramid perspective or a triangle perspective, that anytime you feel that besides the intrinsic and out, um, you know, extrinsic level, it's important to look at on a midterm point, okay. Where am I among those three drivers, right? So that's really, those are the three drivers you got to look at from a midterm perspective. Got it, got it. And that's, that's not, as you said, it's not short-term, it's maybe not long-term, but it's midterm. Okay, all right, okay. And so as part of the process of performance optimization, what is the outcome? What happens when you, when you follow that process, those three paradigms, right? You do that and you do them well. What's the outcome? The outcome of performance optimization. Yes, it's 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 basically uh, what happened when you do that, Richard. You basically become unstoppable. What do I mean by that? In a way, because you are you are tapping into the unique you, right? So in a way, what do I when I say unstoppable, it's not that it's not that no one can stop you, but it's basically you are. Because you are connected to the unique you, you are using your unique gift. So no one can defy you, right? Because you are optimized who you are and who you are meant to be, right? So in other words, you won't have two Kobe Bryant or two Michael Jordan. They all have own styles, right? And um, and, and that's true. I mean, if you look at nowadays, NBA basketball, I think, for example, Stephen Curry, right? You know, someone smaller, you know, um, you know, component what he did he took a three pointers and he took that to the next level right and you know i'm sure and i know i know that he has a coach that uh, i don't need to say the name here but i know he does have internal dynamic too but, but, but that's that, that's what happened when you align right um you align at, at all every level right because what you do you use your strength you use your unique gift and from that since which are you know we all have you know a single dna you and i have different dnas right so you know, in that there is no more competition, and that's what I mean by you become unstoppable because you are in your lane, right? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, so how now we're going to go down the principles of consciousness because I know that, that you're 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 deep in the in the spirituality segment of this, right? So let's go down that path because this is a, these are conversations I love to have, right? Mm -hmm. So. Being in the moment, and I'm talking about high performers, whether you're athletes, business people, right? How do high mm -hmm. performers leverage the power of every moment? Okay, great, great, thank you. Well, 
So the part of every moment is really being, you know, as we know, is is really the key to understanding some of the principles, right, of 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 life in the universe, right? The, the, the first thing is being present to the moment, right? Being present, you know, no need to, it's being able to use the attention in such a way that the moment is the power. So in that, it's knowing at what? It's knowing, looking at the law of rhythm and cycles, right? So ebb and flows, right? Those are things you cannot go against, right? If you're in a down cycle, right, you want to power your wave flow, you know, you got to know in which moment you are. If you want to optimize your performance, right? So let's say you're riding a wave, right? If you're present in a moment, right, you want to ride that wave, gather your breath, and then right then so you can just bounce back right away, right? What do I mean by that is sometimes when the pain, you know, you're really exhausted and you need to rest. Sometimes, I remember when I was trying for Olympic, Olympic alternative, one of my coaches used to say, hey, so rest is part of high performance, right? <laughs> So here's an example I'm sharing, right? So it's it's counterintuitive, but this is really how you can leverage your power in the moment, right? And in, in that is being able to have conviction, right? And purpose, you know, and being able to reflect. So it's really key in that moment. So 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 that in that, when you when you tap into that, you're able to optimize the power of the moment. Right. And so you've mentioned uh, you know, you've done some talks on 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 this point about every moment, rhythm and cycles. You mentioned reflection, purpose, conviction. What about mindfulness and breathing and imagery? What about breathing and mindfulness as part of being in the moment and getting to that level of high performance? Yes. Uh, I mean, if, um, you know, I, I know mindful, uh, you know, I know mindfulness is a loaded word. <laughs> yes. But, you know, so the way I kind of really understand it's being able to connect that whole wholeness, you know, in that moment. Right, and that's where you know define it, and, and, and yes, and it, absolutely, and if you can, and that's really the key is being able to aggregate all different points of view, right? In that, making sure that you know the intrinsic the, uh, and the extrinsic is connected to that environment, and that's being mindful, and and in that you optimize and you tap in the power of moment, absolutely, yes. Understood. Understood. Okay. All right. So, how important is it so to give up the ego? Or put in another word in sporting terms, leaving at the starting line, leave it at the starting line. And what is the difference between having confidence and your ego? Well, I'm really glad you bring that up um, because I think especially nowadays, um, you know, I think um, a lot of people have a hard time understanding that ego is really a sign of weakness of character, right? Um, because if you understand that you are here to grow, you Realize that hey, we all go through our experiences. So the me, 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 you know, bouncing on the chest mean that you haven't really understand who you are, right? So, um, so really having ego is really a sign of insecurity and fear. Um, so you know, but you know, when you understand that, you know, confidence is okay. Confidence, on the other hand, is hey, I'm gonna maximize my power in every moment, and that's what I can control. And in that, Richard. I know that I am who I am, and this is confidence. So that's a difference. Absolutely, and and this is where particularly the sporting athletes show supreme supreme confidence. Right, it's very very important to understand yes. your identity, particularly at the elite level of sporting and business. Right, it's to understand your I identity. That's okay. Right. All right. Okay. Um, so how should we think about applying? 
the same high performance principles to teams and to leadership? Oh, Greg. Um, so, yeah, I think the way uh, I like to look at it is um, in any area, if you think about it, um, the way to look at it is what makes leadership, right? So that's why I reach a lot what you, what you do and your model. Because the world wouldn't be a world without human. I mean, at least I'm the, what, what we're experiencing, right? So if you understand that's the basis of everything and that every one of us is here to evolve. So in leadership, you ask yourself, what can I do to optimize someone's life experience? Wow. As a leader, right? <laughs> that's so, it. so that's yes. <laughs> that is it. So beautifully said. Say that again. Please. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, yes, exactly. So yeah, so you really if you understand right, that we are all here to evolve, right? As a leader, you understand that when you put in that position, your role is to allow the other people to optimize the experience. So when you understand that, you understand that you are you're here to serve the bigger environment so that you foster the growth of what is bigger than you. Beautifully said, so that's the heart of our conversation. Really well, really nicely said. All right, and so on the leaders, themes of leadership and life in general. So you 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 know as part of your you know video streams and webinars etc. You pick some really critical aspects of leadership. So one of them, and I'm going to pick on one or two of them. How can leaders leverage the power of respect? Ooh, got my heart seeing here, Richard. Thank you. I'm I'm really glad. But we already want to thank you by the way for for watching some of my videos because um, it you know it's it, like you said we're doing the same thing here so um, we we partner in this so thank you. My heart saying because actually respect is really a powerful one that a lot of leaders neglect, but it's really one of the easiest tools that they can leverage. And and respect the reason I like respect because you cannot fake respect. And because when you fake it, people feel it, people feel it, right? Because you know the word, Richard, now, you and I, we are talking, right? I can tell when you're paying attention. I can tell when you and I are connected. So it's right there, respect, right? right? So I like to always go back to one of my judo, because I've done judo for over 30, almost 35 years. And one of the things we do, and, you know, I'm going to, you know, take a tangent here on the Eastern, um, you know, um, Eastern, um, traditions, right? In judo, one thing we do, Richard, is we bow to each other uh, anytime you do something. And what I was, when I learned that, what that means, and we have the same thing in Africa too, right? But really, what that means is you bow to each other. It's not that it's not because it's not because you're afraid of the other person. It's because you respect yourself first. Right. So I'm respecting myself first. So because I see myself in you. So when I'm bound to you, I'm bound to myself. But I'm bound to you, but I'm bound to myself. So so respect is having that humility, right? That, Richard, you are in front of me. You are human. I'm human. In you, I see myself. So if I cannot respect you, I'm not respecting myself. I'm just getting heartfelt here because this is, you touch on something that's really powerful for me. So if you understand that as a leader, right? What that humility is, is, is given. 
that even a janitor, right? I gotta give that janitor respect because you understand that, hey, if a janitor doesn't clean well, we won't be able to go to a bathroom and then we won't be able to have an optimal experience, right? And if I have a right? So all that, when you understand respect, that's perspective right there. So respect really, Richard, is seeing humanity in each other. That's that's why I define no more, no less. Respect is seeing humanity in each other. And if you understand that, you understand, you understand that you're human and not a Martian or an extraterrestrial. There's no, nothing else you need to add. Respect. I respect you, my friend. Thank you for bringing that up. Beautiful. Namaste. Namaste. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it means. Yes. That's yes. what it means, right? That's absolutely yeah. what it means. And a beautiful, absolutely. a beautiful um, saying. It's a Buddhist saying. Was and I, I I use it in business forums as well, and people want to know what I'm talking about. But uh -huh. I know that you'll understand this one statement: "I am you, and you are me." Yes, beautiful. That's right. It's beautifully said. That's exactly right. That's beautifully said. Exactly yeah. right. That's Namaste. <laughs> thank you thank you so 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 how do let's talk about the importance of consistency and commitment in high performance mm -hmm. or p's preparation planning purpose and perseverance how important a consistency and commitment in a high performer yes they're very important especially now it's, we talk about um, um preserving the outcome the output right and commitment is really what gets you started. Yeah. Right. And so that's really key. But a lot of people forget that some people just average performer and sometimes excited. Oh, yeah, this is a great project. This is great. They get started and then they're not consistent. <laughs> right. That's where they get caught up. Right. So this is where consistency has to come in. So, so like, you know, um, I, I, I heard him, I heard Stanton Washington, I used my mom, he said, Commitment gets you started, consistent gets you finished. Yes, that's right. I like that. That was really a good one. So that's uh, where I would like to see it's a good way of summarizing that. <laughs> absolutely. No, I love that one. Okay, all right. Now, when we talk about high performance, um, so mm -hmm. we always think about high levels of stress. Mm -hmm. Whether you're an elite athlete or you know, you're a business person or even in everyday life. So how do mm -hmm. high performers manage high levels of stress? Okay, great question. Um, I don't think you're gonna get a chance to finish that here, but but here is the way you do, you, to understand, and this is why I'm gonna take out sort of the spiritual angles, right? So stress, what's stress? Stress is basically telling us that you know there is a there is a perceived right, there is a sense, right? There is a perceived input coming to us, right? That our identity, our spirit is saying, and it's a threat in bracket to the current identity that we have, right? So it can be an overwhelm, basically something coming in for us, hard for us to manage, right? So when that is coming, it's basically something saying, oh, we, you have to do something about it, right? So what that means, so if you understand that, so it's something coming in, so it's creating a tension, right? So tension is something coming outside, coming to your active, passive, right? Creating that internal delta, right? That's really the difference. So high performer, the stress is a signal. It's a signal, okay, 
that's mean I gotta get ready, right? I gotta get ready, and which means it's when you gotta use now your attention and heighten, heighten your attention. Yeah. What the delta, what, what the delta means, right? So this is where okay, this is where you go in and go here. Is it? This is where it's important to identify the feeling associated with stress, and that's why I'm saying stress. I can take many forms, but really the first key that high performer at the high level are able to do, Richard, be able to tap into what is that feeling? Is it overwhelmed? Is it frustration? What is it? I'm going to give you a small example. If it's overwhelmed, what that means? It means that there is so much data that you're perceiving, again, I'm use what you're perceiving, that your current identity cannot handle. What that signal means? That signal means, okay, you need to chunk down the task at hand so you can see a little bit more. Right, and basically, so okay, I'm gonna handle this first, this second. So, for example, if the stress is associated to an overwhelm, it means that you know the mind needs some prioritization, right? But, but really, if you think about it, it's really that what that means it's a signal that there is so much coming at me that I need to handle, right? So, let's say it's frustration that's stressing, right? Stressing you, right? What's a signal of frustration is, for example, saying, Yes, there is something you have a standard, right? that you think you can do, that all your team can do, but that has not been met, right? So frustration in a way, in that sense, it's, it's a good stress because you know deep within, you have a perception that you can do more yes. than something done, right? So that's an example, but some, some people will stay stuck in the stress, maybe all in the frustration, right? And complain, so in that, I will stay a victim, right? Say, okay, I cannot do anything. It's this person's fault, right? But if that frustration, right, if you understand really the signal that this is frustration, so you say, okay, there is a signal that telling me, okay, I feel that there is something that can be done. And then you use, you take control back, right, as a high performer, right? Take control back, okay. What is a standard that I feel that's not being met? Okay, this, this is not being achieved as I think we could. Now you are zoning into that, right? So this is just really high performer, if you understand it. And that's why I love, because high, you understand, okay, stress is a buzzword. But what you do, you use that tension when you feel stress. The word I like to use is tension. So anytime you feel tension, that's when you need to hone in, right? And that's when there's a need for alignment somewhere. That's a signal. That's the first signal. Understood. Okay. All right. And so, so, so what's the difference between, you know, operating under stress and operating under pressure? Let's talk about the okay. high level. I mean, let, let's use the analogy of sports, right? Stress is one mm -hmm. thing, but, mm -hmm. but performing under pressure is something different, isn't it? Yes, because um, pressure, you know, there is that deadline, there is uh, those expectations. Yes. And and, 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 and and you're right. And, and and in that, it's important to stay collected because yes. this is really where this is really where it's important because the average performance will break down. Right. So really I'm glad you asked. But here, here is the beauty. The the masters, you know, they use pressure, they use pressure as fun. They turn it around. Yeah. They say the pressure is not stressful. This is this is this is game time. This time for me to perform. It's like what Michael Jordan gave an example, like, like, like 
with two seconds left. It's like, this is my time to, to, to make it happen, right? So, right? so this is how a high-performing return, right? return that as a motivation. Okay, to really use that. So I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. So pressure actually is a, is a, catalyst, is a catalyst for really the, the last years. Right, right. And, and I, as I said before, so I'm a student of, you know, particularly athletes and business people under, you know, who are high performers and particularly under high pressure situations. I love that. And when you talk about Michael Jordan, who to me is the GOAT, all right, in basketball. (laughs) (laughs) And you talk about the Federers and just the great sports people. I'm just fascinated by the way they're wired. And so if we go a little bit deeper to that point about operating under pressure, so, I mean, things like techniques like power thoughts, and imagery and breathing and your attitude when it's a clutch situation i'm fascinated mm-hmm. by that to your point there's two seconds left and michael you know more likely than not is gonna is gonna make the basket yes. uh, but but these techniques operate naturally with these folks right the belief in themselves you talked about earlier the identity and that confidence Tell, a little, tell us a little bit about, you know, you were alternate judo. And so you came, I'm sure, hit high pressure situations, yes. you know, during the 2008 Olympics and so on. Right. So tell us a little bit about some of those techniques that you employed um, to yes. pressure. Right. But I'm really glad, actually, that's I remember I can remember one of the famous event I defeated the silver world champion, that, 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 you know, yeah, silver world champion. You know, unfortunately, wow. it's a story because even if that. I wasn't able to make it because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have enough point, right? And because I started late in the game, right? Uh, judo was like, you know, just like tennis, but like over three years, four years, you get point, you know, and I didn't have, it was a financial point where I just had, to, I just run the last year. But I remember that fight, so I'm glad you brought it up. You know, so defeating, as an undergod, defeating the Super Bowl champion by full point. So there's pressure to your point. But I was excited, and you know why? Because I prepared this, Richard. I prepared, I prepared, I prepared, and because I was, I was like, it, it looks like, it, it felt like you really, I, I called that moment of being myself. <laughs> Literally for three months, I was like, okay, this moment is going to come when it comes. I'm going to be cool and collected. I'm going to do one, two, three, and it's exactly right. And so basically, I stayed basically, and everybody was like, this is a done deal. <laughs> but Richard, yes, exactly, under that pressure. I kept my cool collected. I kept the game plan because I had rehearsed in my head. I knew his strength. You know, I had rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. So there was nothing else that faced me, right? And then he went, he went, and boom, boom, I came confident like if it was just a practice. And then, okay, I felt him. And then there was a millisecond, Richard, a millisecond in his eyes. In his eyes, I felt like, oh. He was doubting because he was like, shit, I didn't know that this guy would resist me that way. But I was like, he did what I was waiting for. And then Richard, fair enough, I did one, two, three, I stripped him and then moved that way, went left, and I wanted to go right. And then all of a sudden, flipped him over. And then he is, he is, and this was like a whole, the whole stadium, like, Solomon, so, 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 so. I, I was, I became, I, it was, it was beautiful. It's one of my, it's one of my most, I'm glad you even asked that. I didn't think that it was one of the most um, memorable moments of my athletic, you know, career. It's, it's, it's about that, that handling that pressure. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, so it's about, so you got to prepare. Preparation is key. 
better universe, both mentally and be confident. And uh, and that's how we handle that. that that's when it's called, when it's time when it counts. That is wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Well done. Beautifully said. So beautifully said. Fabulous. Okay, so we're going to move to the uh, to the next rounds, right? Uh, fairly quick mm -hmm. sections here, but we are going to do in the quick rounds some more live about sports and the world of sports. But um, what would you change, Soul, in any area of life, not just business? Wow. Um, I will hope that maybe in business we add also the intrinsic, if we can quantify the intrinsic element that would be, it's a wish, but that would be something I wish we could, we could add, right? Not only money, but, you know, add, you know, fulfillment and how people, for example, how leaders are being satisfied and give a point to that, you know, maybe that can, I would think that would make a society a better place. So, so, so you, because uh, you, uh, you just broke up a little bit there. So, so okay. you're saying you want people to kind of beware of their intrinsic ability. Uh, just, just say a little bit more there. Yes, in a way, if you're a leader, right? If are your are your associates happy to be working with you? Are you achieving something that's moving the universe, the the society, community forward, right? So are you just right? So versus just doing business, just doing for business sake, right? I think that business business should have a should have, should have an intrinsic value in helping humanity move forward. So that's really that would be one of my wishes. Again. That's a beautiful uh, one. And we're completely we're wholeheartedly aligned on that one. So oh, one thank, you. thank you. Thank you for saying that. And what are you grateful for? Not just in any area of life, not just business. Well, I'm grateful for my health. And Richard, um, you know, that's really the first thing. Um, you know, sometimes we just don't I realize, you know, it's un un until you get sick, you don't realize how it's important. So I'm really healthy, you know, I'm working out and I'm grateful for that. And I know that this body, you know, at some point, you know, you know, <laughs> when you reach him, but I wish you would with ninety or a ninety, right? It's not the same if I'm if I'm you know, uh, you know, lucky to reach that level. And the second thing I'm really I'm grateful for is unconditional love. That I really feel from, from. Can you hear me? Better. Yes, better. Okay, sorry about that. It's what I mean is the second thing I'm grateful for is the unconditional love and trust from my parents, my siblings. So it's really something that really allow me to really, you know, prosper and go reach literally anywhere in the world and not feel that, you know, I don't belong. We're not going to do anything I want. So it's, it's really the love of my parents and my siblings that. I really carry with me anywhere I go and radiate that. And the third thing I'm grateful for is my three children that I hope, you know, I can really pass on those values that, you know, that really I got and, you know, so that we can keep the legacy moving and helping humanity, right? That's really what I'm grateful for. What beautiful priorities and purpose in life. So well said. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. So the quick round, uh, we both love sports. It's obvious. You, you mentioned a few um, along the way here. Who is your sporting hero and why? Muhammad Ali. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great one. Yes, for sure. For so many reasons. So for so yeah. many reasons, not just in the ring, but for so yes. many reasons. So, so why why is he your sporting hero? No, you just said it. You just said it. Because really, it's someone that you realize that his life, you know, is, is connected. And that's that's what I, kind of what I'm sharing right with you. It's like we are whole, right? We're not just one dimension. It's really someone that, I've, I don't know, intuitively, I've I got to figure out really... Uh, you know, if really how he understood that his life was beyond who he 
just beyond the ring. And it's really his story is a beautiful one. And this is someone that was connected in our line, Richard, right? If you know his story, like how when he was a young boy, you know, he was like, okay, I'm going to learn boxing because someone went bicycle, right? And then he kept aligning, aligning, right? And then he didn't want to, you know, regardless of what you think about Vietnam War, you realize that, you know, I'm going to stand up for what's right, right? It's like, no, this is not the right law, right? You know, even though at that moment, think about it, Richard, everything I said, he didn't submit to social conformity at that point. Think about that. Someone that had all the fortunes, all the fame, right? Everyone is war was the right thing to do. But you know, he's able to, I even I even get chills thinking about it. But he's able to say no. I'm putting this on the side because that's why I'm choking up, but I'm just putting this on the side because this is this this is what I believe in and this is more important than anything else. You know, that that you know it's it for me this is someone that understood that understood who he was and right and think about it and you know he took who he represented to help you know his community beyond that alzheimer's strike him down right beyond that he's still the smiley guy till age what age right putting that olympic flame so you look at all the adversity he went through but it was still that spirit was radiating that beautiful muhammad ali he he brought so much awareness to the world and um as a as a as a voice not just from a sports standpoint because that was a platform for him to be the most popular person in the world but his aware what he brought to the world was truly truly phenomenal i agree what a life yeah. what a life you know god bless him and may he rest in peace you know yes, yes rest in peace. And, and and so what what uh what separates the truly elite from the near greats so I, well, I think it, it's what we just said. <laughs> we, <laughs> we just touched on it, Richard. Really, it's, it's about the one that understand that you know the role, the role in the bigger picture, right? And uh, it's exactly that. it's that alignment I'm talking about. <laughs> you keep coming back to that. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love it. Your 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 theme is fantastic. So you've kept coming back to that, you know. And so, in terms of the alignment, because as you were speaking just now, in terms of alignment. Is that the same, because you mentioned integrity, of course, um, as part of that, but is that alignment, you know, there's obviously a mind-body-spirit, right? But is alignment being an authentic self, is that the same thing? Or is uh, is, is that the right word for this? Or t tell me more. How would you think about that? Yes, I I'm glad you talked about it. Yes, it's really that. It's being your authentic self. But what you realize, the, the authentic self also has to happen from outside also, yes, right? Right, that's exactly right. So your authentic has to align also with your environment, right? And so so that's, so alignment is, is all that. So all, so to fire all cylinders, right? You gotta be authentic and also what's around us also has to align. So, so there's alignment at two levels, right? And so there's the intrinsic, that's why I like to put intrinsic aspect and the extrinsic. And if you think about that, it's alignment at those two levels. Understood. Okay. All right. Okay. What are the common threads ac across the sporting greats? What are the common threads across the sporting greats? It's purpose, passion, and I'll come back to alignment. <laughs> wow. I love it. Purpose, passion, alignment. I love that. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Okay. And so how do the greats deal with adversity? And how do they manage adversity? You mentioned... Muhammad Ali, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 
Do you think, because the question has often been posed and I've heard on other podcasts is, is it a, do they employ a hope for success or is it a fear of failure? Actually, I'm going to add a third option, if you don't mind. Of course. That third option is, I'm going to be my best. Wow. Yes. Because I'm going to be my best is what you can control. And again, when you're authentic to that, to that moment being present, everything else unfolds. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's beautifully said. I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how do they deal with adversity? Um, I'm glad you talked about your growth mindset. Really, that's where they look at it. And again, coming back to the spiritual principle, what am I here to learn? What am I here to evolve? So you either win or you learn. So adversity is exactly that. What am I learning here? What am I supposed to evolve from? Right, right, right. So I've always had a, a very interesting question because, again, on the sporting side, uh, you know, just kind of studying the greats, you know, there's a moment. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we can talk about tennis, for example, because you mentioned that earlier. So let's talk about a Federer mm -hmm. versus a Nadal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the match point, you know, it could be the match point and it's evenly contested as a match point. Something, right. something, because they're both great players. They're physically yes. brilliant. You know, they practice yeah. thousands and thousands of hours. So they're prepared to your point in the, in the judo contest you spoke about. But something mm. at a certain point, when it's when it comes to that millisecond, that match point, so something happens out here or something they remove, right, from their mm. mindset at that point of that match point. What is it that makes that great person versus very close second Raiders, right? People are great as well at this sport, but there's something about that magic in that one particular moment from a mindset standpoint that that great does that others don't do. What is that thing that they do? Yes, I think the most important is that the one that 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 don't come through is basically they think about the limiting aspect. Basically, the focus is okay. It's not happening, right? So they look at what's not empowering, what's limiting, and that's so that's that's fair enough. Because here, here's the other thing that I talk about a lot with my client: attention is connection. So basically, attention is a divine tool that we have, right? That other animal don't have. But attention is basically that divine tool, right? So wherever your attention goes, is basically what you're connecting to. Right. So to your point, that millisecond, the athlete that look at oh, I'm down is one that goes down fair enough. Right. It's like that's exactly right. Because existence is, right? It's like like people say you can not think about don't think about an elephant, you still think about an elephant, right? So life, because life is existence and existence is life is affirmative. That's why your atten our attention is that connection tool. Because when you connect to whatever you connect what's empowering or you connect to what's disempowering. And one, whatever you choose, that's your outcome. So to your point, that millisecond, that's what makes a difference. I love that. I love that. And so what, what you're saying is that the millisecond, a Federer will choose maybe an empowering thought or an empowering yeah. moment compared to yes. someone who doesn't. Exactly. Wow, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, of all sports, what would you say is the most difficult to prepare for and, for, and to win? Of all sports. That's a, 
to be honest, that's a hard question. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be, Richard, I'm going to be really humble here. <laughs> I don't know that I didn't practice all sport, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, you know, even though I did a lot of sport when I was young, before I settled on judo, I did a lot of martial arts, um, taekwondo, kung fu. Yeah. Um, you know, I did, uh, you know, track and field, you know, I did basketball, volleyball. Um, but I'm going to, you know, just make it a little funny for you here you know growing up in a warm area i haven't pra i didn't practice much <laughs> right like hockey right things like that right so <laughs> so those are sports you know what i see right those are you know more northern hemisphere so i know it's hard so it's really hard for me to say what sport is the hardest um but you know um to, to i think really to, to make it give him a, a fair assessment i think um uh, I think it can become relative, Richard, to really who practice it and, you know, the level of passion you have and also, you know, the level of, you know, um, effort you put in. Um, because the level of effort that someone might put in basketball, in hockey, right, or in ice hockey might be different. And some people, for some people, it might be fun, right? For some people, it might be hard, right? And it depends on your build. So this is a question. It's, it's a hard one. Um, but, you know, hey, why don't I make it fun? I'll say judo. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So what mental preparation or habit soul do you activate before an important event? Oh, wow. I need to think this through. For me, pre preparation, I do look at, first of all, what is the outcome I want to achieve? Yeah. Right, so it's really about what, 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 what my intent, right? And this is even the spirit. It's a spiritual practice, right? It's really, it's, it's really that. What is intent? Right? It's a desire, right? So, so, so that's really one of the key preparations. So really, so from that, you know, really everything else falls under, right? And um, it's a little bit. Uh, I'm sure you found it for people that form in business. It's a OKR principle, but you think about it really objective it's really a spiritual principle that you know uh, objective key results so being able to start from that really what, what am i trying to achieve right what is a desire what is it what is really that everything else falls under and then break it down so in preparation i believe work on that from that perspective um you know based on that that's really the way i worked like like the, the event i mentioned to you about you know the olympic during alternate when i defeated the silver champion you know so in my preparation, I knew it was the hardest. It was the hardest um, opponent I had to prepare for, and I knew that if I was prepared for him, you know, the rest, you know, um, I would be able to manage. So that that's why I approached that tournament. And fair enough, it, it was it, it is a draw. It, like you had all these players, and funny enough, I think it was the third. But when the draw happened, which was the third, I think the third match or second match, that's when him and I kind of had to face each other. And, you know, all this happened because. You know, I prepare for it. So it's about objectives. And so that's really the key. And this is a spiritual principle again, coming back to what I'm talking about. So it's really that's key for preparation. Understood. Okay. All right. We'll move quickly in the last few uh, questions here. Um, what is your greatest learning on optimizing performance? So, humility. Wow. I love that. Mm. Yes. Tell thank, us you. More. thank you. Tell us more. Um, Richard, because especially when you are, um, when you are younger, right, there is that 
especially when you have a lot of talent, right? There's a lot yeah. of things that can come to you easily, right? So you think you are the universe, right? So the understanding that, okay, I'm here to evolve and grow, right? Doesn't ring, ring a bell, right? And, and I'm going to just add this, really, because this is going to be a punchline. I hope this is going to serve your listeners. It is, it is, it is a key secret I'm going to just give. And in fact, I'm just building it's in a radiant soul and a product coming up. That two major mindset paradigm that people are functioning in this world, which are 98% of people, is the victim, right? Things are happening to me, or the victor, right? I am the creator, I'm the, I'm the lion, right? So those are the two paradigms that exist there, right? I'm the creator. But he, he is a beauty, creature. He is a beauty, right? So in a way, there's a paradigm of let's become a turtle, right? Which is what a victim or a lion, right? The, I'm going to eat you, right? But he is a beauty. There is a third consciousness level. You know what it is? I call it the spider, the spider, not spider mindset, the spider consciousness. Think about the spider. A spider is a predator, right? But yes. a spider is humble enough to not worry to build its web. And what the spider does? The spider waits. The spider doesn't worry if a bird will come through its web. The spider is humble enough that I am a co-creator. There is a bigger, higher order. There will be a bird flying by at some point. I don't know when. But what I can control as a co-creator, I'm not a creator like a lion think, and I'm not a victim like you know a turtle will think. But I'm a spider. I'm a co-creator. And what I, what I know is that I'm designed to build a web and wait when my moment arrives. And when my moment when my moment arrives, I'm gonna nourish myself. I'm gonna get what I need. So the spider is a co-creator, and the masters of the world, the masters of the world. They reach a level, even Steve Jobs, right? That's if it is that level. When you reach, okay, I'm a co-creator. And a co-creator right. exactly that is being able to blend those two. Very powerfully said. Wow, beautifully said. So thank wow. you. Thank you. That is really, really well said. Thank you for that. Ah, okay. I had to take a moment to absorb that. Really well oh, said. Thank you. All right. Last couple of questions. What is quantum though? We've spoken about alignment. So for the listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the, the kind of three paradigms of alignment. Tell mm -hmm. us a bit about quantum dough and let's repeat again the alignment principles, you know? Yeah, so the quantum dough, um, really, if you think about it, it's etymologically quantum is, you know, the quantum, right? And dough come from, you know, the Japanese word dough, which is a way of life, right? So so quantum dough is basically the way the quantum behave, right? So the quantum dough really, it's, it's basically a set of, basically methodology and principle that I see that that arrived it was a gift of healing right that that was really unraveled to me um you know um, being this little boy born in Mali you know I found myself in Silicon Valley you know two engineering degrees at some point you know, after reading so many books Richard I went to so many seminars right and uh, you know for decades I was trying to find what is optimal formula for personal optimization and that's why I'm talking about alignment really and, you know, until I realized that, okay, I was hoping to become, you know, one of the VP in one of the top tech, top tech company. I was 
find me. It's so compelling. And then to realize, no, even if you give it up to me at some point, I will not be using my unique gift, right? So that moment of alignment and humbling was really a powerful revelation for me. And that's where the quantum loop really came about. So bringing all those three signs together, you know, high performance, right? Um, you know, and from sports psychology, you know, science perspective, and also the spirituality I'm talking about. Really, it's, it's that really that it was a gift of healing because so Richard, when that happened, I find my alignment and, you know, I've been doing and helping people since. And, and that's what I mean. There's no competition when you reach that alignment. And so the quantum do really, in a nutshell, is helping people move from a stock position, from being a particle, right, to a wave, to a flow, right? So it's exactly that. So the quantum is helping people that are stressed or stuck. Whatever situation you are in, whether it's in your life or it's your performance plateau or, you know, your company is really, you know, really stuck somewhere. But, but basically the reason we are stuck, is, I'm just going to give you a small thing, is because there is an identity, there is a consciousness level you need to outgrow but basically that's why we are stuck so then now what you need to do that it's a signal from the universe from the spirit that okay you need to evolve right so exactly to go to go to the next level and then when you go to the next level next level of consciousness that is flow again and that's how you cruise right so it's really the quantum is exactly that's helping people move from the stuck you know, performance, a stock situation, right? Something that, oh, you have unrepeated, right? You know, situation that you don't like with someone. I'm seeing this, right? So it's like you're kind of really in that route. And the content is really helping people move from that situation to a moment of flow where they kind of align and filing all cylinders. So that's why I'm really excited about the quantum though, because it looks, it's, it's a really holistic approach to really helping people optimize their lives and their performances, no matter what they do. What a wonderful way to come to the end of the session. And I know that um, you've got an upcoming online course, Radiant Soul, your quest for spiritual clarity and human excellence. You want to say anything about that? Uh, uh, yes, thank that, you. That launches on uh, in a few days' time, doesn't it? May 31st. That's right. That, Tell us a little bit right. more about that. And then I'll have the final yeah, no. question. You know, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So, so, so Richard, like I said, you know, one thing that I enjoy is really like your interaction right now, the one-on-one. -on -one. I love human connection. And this is some of the things I really had to unravel um, because as an engineer, I just felt, you know, I just was stuck in here, but I love people. I had to yield to that. So the one thing I do is really have time to help people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, right? Um, but unfortunately, my time is limited. And, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, through podcast now, it's going to be one to many. But so one of the feedback I got from some of my clients is, why don't you put some of your learning, you know, into a course? And not everybody can not be able to have access to you. And um, and not everybody can afford, you know, your services. So why don't you really give something you really follow? So really, I'm doing a special launch. Region Soul is exactly that. It's, you know, quest for spiritual clarity and human excellence. And this really, the way I designed the course is because myself, I have been on the spiritual quest for 31 years, Richard. Right. So I read so many books and so many literature and some of them contradict each other and all that. So Region Soul is really the product that allow people, even the most skeptical people that don't believe in spirituality or, or or think that spirituality is religion, which is not. And that's really so so there are some of the all of a lot of myths that I really talk about in that course is you know, even if you have your own religion, you know, Region Soul really allow you really 
to just learn about what spirituality is. And really, beyond that, how, do, how does it translate into your day-to-day -day performance, right? Whether it's in a relationship, whatever it is. So Religion Soul is exactly that. It's really, you know, helping people that are already on, on the journey of spirituality, help them give clarity that I didn't get for years. And that's my gift, really, um, that I really want to help people, really, um, you know, so they can, um, you know, I don't want them to, to be turning around in all for like 31 years I had to, to go, really. <laughs> so, so it's really a shortcut to help people. And it's really, really very, very affordable for the common people. And that's really what the role of this was, uh, is actually. And I even have specials. I have like coaching special that I'm doing in this product launch that I really hope some of your 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 listeners can take advantage of. So I'm really excited about this um, because it's the first product, online product I'm going to have for people um, so they can really learn to optimize, you know, really their performances. Perfect. Okay. And really all the very best to you on that one. So I think it's a wonderful, wonderful way to, you know, get to, you know, many, many people there and um, just spend the last hour with you. So people need to hear your message, man. It's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Thank you. Power to you. Truly. Thank you. All right. My last question, what is your parting wisdom um, advice for building a high performance team and culture? Spirit drive performance. Okay, say a little <laughs> bit more. Speed drive performance. Speed drive performance. And um, what do I mean by that is I'm going to go back to what I started with. And um, Richard, this is connected to my mission. I think you, you and I are our mission. Is realizing that we are here on a journey as human beings to realize our divine self. So if we can understand that, when we look at each other, the world will be a better place if we can do that because we'll respect each other, we'll honor each other, and we'll want the best for each other. And when we do that, we evolve to a next human consciousness. I don't have time to say it here, but really, which I really wish what I, what I believe. And I hope one, and I'm working on a speech. It's going to might be my, my TED Talk speech. It's I really believe, Richard, that we are at a turning point of a new era. Yeah. And what do I mean by that? It's the era of Homo sapiens, sapiens, sapiens. Sapiens three times, right? I'm sure we heard about Homo sapiens, sapiens. It's the one that know that know, right? But really, what I'm, what my mission is all about is about spreading that. We have reached a new era. It's an era of homo sapiens, sapiens, sapiens. And what is that? Is I know that I know more than I know that. So basically, there is a third knowledge that we all know. that, And I truly believe that when humanity gets a hold of that, that understanding, Richard, the world will change. Because why? If you can sense, I know more than I know that I know. Basically, you are saying, yes, I know there is a deeper knowledge that I don't know yet, but I know that knowledge is in me. When you say that, you are acknowledging your divine, your divinity. When you say that, you are coming from a place of love, a place of power. And it's that 
Homo sapiens sapiens, that firm knowledge that is needed. And that's what my mission is all about. And I hope one of your listeners can book, you know, connect me with one of the TED Talk people. I'm working on that TED Talk. But I truly believe that we have entered a new era. It's a Homo sapiens sapiens era. And that's the way. And it's I know more than I know that I know. And when you tap into that, human will reach that next level of consciousness. And that's really the key. Wow. I, I, I can't say more about um, about this whole conversation and particularly this last part. So, I mean, just absolutely beautiful said. It's the path of all religions, path of, of spirituality. If we all recognize that, you know, the world is evolving. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, and if we all recognize that, what a, I mean, it'll be perfection, right? Um, exactly. There's no doubt about that. But um so thank you so much. Really beautifully said. That last thing was very powerful. And I'm looking forward to your TED talk. If that's, <laughs> thank the, you. And that's the thing, I tell you, that is the most powerful conversation we can have, right? As, uh, beautiful. as human beings, without a doubt. Beautiful, beautiful. But, but thank you. Thank you to you, Soul, and for, you know, you, uh, you doing your bit for humanity. You're elevating humanity in your own way. Um, I love this conversation. There's an absolute alignment in everything you said, no pun intended mm -hmm. about all the alignments we've been talking about, <laughs> but yes. you have a beautiful soul. Again, no, thank you. Intended. It's just wonderful. So you're, you're changing the world and thank you for everything. So thank very you, Richard. Powerful, I'm very powerful. I'm, gra I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we met and uh, yes, together we are elevating humanity. So thank you for this opportunity. I'm oh. looking forward more. Thank you. Well, I love you very much, Sol, and thank you so much. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste to you as well. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. So